now. Talk real estate with Sharon McNamara, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Hi, I'm Sharon McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, a boutique real estate firm that is home to over 30 real estate sales and marketing consultants who service home buyers and home sellers throughout Boston, the South Shore, the South Coast, and Cape Cod. Our firm takes pride in assisting our clients in the next chapter of their lives by taking a holistic approach to their real estate endeavors. We believe that every move should be a moving experience. Every week, my real estate team member, Mary Baker, and I, along with the director of Boston Connect Real Estate, Melissa Wallace, provide you with our unique marketing approach to selling homes and share with you our expertise in navigating the home buying process. We like to mix it up sometimes, so not only will you hear our perspective on real estate topics, but you will hear the expert thoughts and opinions of some of our real estate agents at Boston Connect Real Estate and the preferred professionals that we trust. Be part of our roundtable. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781-837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and wherever you listen to podcasts at Talk Real Estate Roundtable. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me and my team or one of the dedicated agents at Boston Connect Real Estate to discuss your real estate needs, you can connect with us at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. And hello to all my South Shore neighbors. You are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable here on a Tuesday evening. I am with my sidekick here, Melissa Wallace, in-house here. Hello, hello. Hello. I am so happy to be here with you. I haven't been here on a Tuesday in a long time, but uh, we have our Saturday thing going on. But I noticed you got your donkeys there and didn't get me one, but that's okay. We have a couple of guests that are going to be joining us tonight as well. Uh, we have, you know, the soon-to-be Mr. and Mrs. Horton joining us uh, yay! Mary and Sam are with us so of course Samuel Horton is a full-time real estate agent here at Boston Connect Real Estate as well as Mary Baker who is our team member here and again the uh, show is sponsored by Sharon and Mary real estate team as well as Boston Connect Real Estate and um, the wedding is coming up two months from today right or tomorrow uh, two months from yesterday yep two months from yesterday so we're actually Zooming. I'll let everybody know. We're Zooming in tonight because we have a lighting company coming to our house at 7 Yay! o'clock. And we had to run out. <laughs> yes. Awesome. And we also have someone who is with us often. Jasmine Glasgow is with us for Maritime Mortgage. Hello, Jasmine. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me back. I am so happy to have you, and you're such a trooper. I texted you this morning, and I was like, I need your help tonight, and I'm hoping that we can get our other guest on. I don't know if somebody else has to send him the link again, or uh, maybe somebody can do that, and we can try to figure that out, how to get Mark um, Itell on with us. He is MrMortgageRadio.com, and I uh, listen to him frequently over in Clubhouse, and I know that Jasmine uh, does a room with him as well over in Clubhouse. And we have Larry in the WATD studios. Hello. Hello, hey there, how you doing? Wait, I'm doing good. I haven't seen you in a while, so you'll have to yeah. pop on over and say hello. I, I want to one tidbit on real estate. A house, and you know my neighborhood. There's yes. a one-bedroom house on my street went up for sale and was sold within a week. Yeah, I, yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's and it ne- and it needs you know it needs a lot of work. 
It's yeah, very dated. You should have bought it. You should have bought it. I didn't have $360,000 to buy a one-bedroom house on my street, well, though. you know, one of the reasons why we have Sam Horton on with us tonight <laughs> is because he works with a lot of investors. And the topic that we have tonight, we thought maybe pull him into the conversation a little bit, too, to see how that yeah. will maybe impact people uh, as well. And then, Larry, I want to actually talk to you because um, maybe you can help me out next Saturday, May 6th. Um, I want to give a little plug, uh, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday, we're going to have Chief uh, McDonald on with us and Chief Viveros. He, um, Chief McDonald is from the police department in Pembroke and Chief Viveros is uh, from the fire department. I sit on the public safety building mm-hmm. committee. And I'm doing a big show with them on Saturday, and I'm trying to get Tim Cruz and uh, McDonald. What's his first name? Joe. Joe. Joe yeah. McDonald. Do you think you're a better interviewer than me? Maybe you should come and help <laughs> us that day. What do you think? Get everybody. They all know me. The, yeah. the, the sheriff knows me and then the DA. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe, maybe we, we see can go each other studio. all the time. I need your help. All right. So okay. I'm going to talk to you uh, off. Well, keep, off. Me, keep me in the loop. I will. Thank Alrighty. you, Larry. You're the best, right. and um, happy to have you here these last few weeks while George has been in vaca- on vacation out in Europe. So that's fun. Um, so it looks like our other guest has joined us. I'm not sure if he can listen, hear us. Can he hear us now? Yay! I can. Awesome. So we have Mark Itell with us, MrMortgageRadio.com. And I was telling everybody that I know you from Facebook. I'm not Facebook, from Clubhouse. Um, and this is such a topic that has sort of been fueling a lot of fire. I actually was just watching your TikTok, Mark, and that was fabulous. So um, I got off of TikTok for a while just because everybody told me China was following me. I didn't know why they would want to follow me, but you know, I said, oh, maybe I'll get off TikTok. I just went on just to watch Mark's video. So I appreciate that. And you're not talking about that video where I was dancing with the cats in the kitchen. That's <laughs> that, not the video you're referring to. That is, is that is actually the one I was watching. No, um, <laughs> I was the one that is all of the talk and rage right now. And I know, you know, Jasmine. So I took the liberty to ask her to join us tonight, too. So um, and again, I said to you actually yesterday in Clubhouse and I said to Jasmine this morning, I feel very uneducated when it comes to all of this. So that's why I'm bringing on the pros to ask the good questions and to sort of dial it down, dumb it down for me and all of our WATD listeners. And uh, Mark, just so you know, Mary is, um, I don't know if everybody's in the same place, but Mary's up in the top left-hand corner with her fiance, Sam Horton. Sam, um, Mary is my team member as well as Melissa. And uh, Sam and Mary are getting married in two months. And Sam works with You're a lot of- history. (laughs) I know. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, anyway, Sam does the, um, Sam does all of the, he does a lot of investments. So he brought up some really good questions if this is going to sort of slow down the role with them as well. So we'll dive deep into that. So Jasmine, Mark, I'm going to let you guys sort of start the process. Let every, let all our WATD listeners know um, what, what we're discussing tonight. Yeah, I'm excited to jump in, and thank you for the invitation. I love that I'm with the babes of Boston. You hear that, Sam? I love that. There's a lot of test. Well, enough testosterone to balance it out tonight. But no, this is awesome, and it's interesting. And I couldn't be happier that Jasmine's with us tonight because I definitely respect her voice in this space. So I'm super excited to to be with everybody tonight. But you're right. This. This topic has gotten so much play of late, and it's interesting because Jasmine and I were talking earlier today. Industry-wide, we've been talking about this for months, and suddenly it gets 
on mm. Fox headlines and Washington Post and TikTok, and then everybody's running rampant with it. So I'm glad that you're giving us a little bit of space to discuss this tonight because it's not as bad as people think it is. And I just want to touch on a few points that were are being misquoted or misrepresented, and then I want to toss it over to Jasmine for more details. But there are four things everybody seems to to be missing with these loan level pricing adjustments. And the first thing is, guys, these aren't new fees. Mm. These have been around since 2008, and they were enacted to offset some of the losses that mortgages were suffering after the crash. So it's not a brand new policy, but they're changes to existing policies. And there's some unfair reallocation of risk, which has gotten everybody's attention. So the one big misconception is that this is a new fee structure. It's just adjustments to an existing one. So I wanted to get that out there. And then the second thing people seem to be missing is these aren't lump sum fees that are being added to your closing costs. So when you see that matrix that we've all been referring to lately, and you see a three quarter of a point increase or a five eighths of a point increase, that's not a flat fee that's being charged at closing. It's being absorbed in the interest rate. And that's the reason why most people never knew the these even existed is because they're built in to the interest rate. And then it doesn't affect any existing mortgages. It's for new mortgages that are originated and delivered to Fannie and Freddie after the first of next month. So anything that is being rate quoted today these fees are already built in. And then lastly, yes, there is definitely a Robin Hood effect, right? You know, take from this group to subsidize that group. And we can get into the right and the wrong and the policies and all of that. But the reality is it's not a dollar for dollar exchange. So where some borrowers on that matrix are, are receiving a 1.75, almost two full percentage points of a discount compared to what they were paying last month, it's not being charged to someone else in that bucket a full 1.75%. So there's still the misconception that I'm paying more as a high credit score borrower so a low credit score borrower can pay less. And that's true, but that's compared to what we were each paying last month. There's still a, a big difference between the high credit score borrower is is receiving lower fees considerably less than the lower credit score borrower now that all of that's out there you know we can definitely discuss the the details of it all but i just wanted to touch on those things not new fees um, not a lump sum fee only for new mortgages moving forward and there's still a lower fee to a good credit score borrower than a, a lower credit score borrower can I back us up a little bit and define what's happening in the media? Yeah. Go ahead. Because <laughs> I feel like we, so one thing Mark and I are super guilty of on the mortgage roundtable, um, we geek out real hard, I love real that. fast. I love it. I love <laughs> listening, so. <laughs> and so the headlines are reading, and I'm just going to take these mortgage new daily. Is there really a new unfair mortgage tax on those with higher credit? Reason.com, borrowers with high credit scores penalized under new federal mortgage fee plan. Newsweek, Biden raises costs for home buyers with good credit to help risky borrowers. New York Post, how the U.S. is subsidizing high-risk home buyers at the cost of those with good credit. So that's what the media is saying. That's what's pushing out. Mm -hmm. Now, when I started seeing this uh, last week, 
I was, my first reaction was, guys, you are so late to this party. Mm-hmm. You are so late to this party. We, but why? Mark and I were- but tell me why, Jasmine, because you know what? I think that this is one of those things where we feel like it was hidden for a reason. Because if we didn't know about it before, maybe we wouldn't have found about, out about it now. It was almost like it was leaked. Yeah, it's because no one was listening to Clubhouse in, in March. <laughs> that's, Other that's than me. Really Mark and I have been, we've been battling this out because it, him and I have some really strong feelings about this. Um, and we've been talking about this for some time now. And it's it's for the industry experts. That's what people need to understand. This is not something like you're seeing across the board. The fact that people aren't, angrier that credit reports are almost doubled tripled with some companies that is a direct consumer problem Mm -hmm. consumers are going to be paying that direct fee because it's it's a pass-through right this is on the back end so what you don't realize is when you as a consumer as a borrower as a home buyer as a homeowner take a mortgage you are getting the iceberg tip of the situation Mm -hmm. what's happening below the water is is the pricing that comes from Fannie Mae you know the, the these rates that are pretty much bundled up and sold on the secondary market to investors um you know sold into your your 401k sold into your four through B's like these are these are investments on, on a wider scale right and you're not seeing the you know the the money come down from the investor everyone takes a little piece and that ends up being what the consumers get everyone has always been under the impression higher credit scores larger down payment means lower rates right but no one's known why why has that been the case well Mm. this is this is the definition these are the loan level pricing adjustments that's what we're talking about here they're llpas for short and these pricing adjustments are all of the indicators on a loan on how we price out interest rates. So a 6% rate isn't a 6% rate for you. It's not a 6% rate for me. It is all the different factors. And that's why when someone's like, I, I want to know what the 30 year fixed rate is today. I said, okay, well, you it need depends. to tell me, yeah, you yeah. need to tell me everything about your profile. I need to know, is this your primary? I need to know what your credit score is. I need to know, is this a two to four unit property? All these buckets, all of these adjustments have always existed. Now, not all of them. There are a couple new ones. Oh, I love the heat sheet. I love yes. the heat sheet mark. So That's those why. on Zoom. You have, yeah, to un- I, you have to unblur your background. So I you know. I'm it. sorry. I'm so technically <laughs> challenged. But guys, this is, this is what caused all the buzz. Mm-hmm. And to Jasmine's point, um, uh, this is so technical that it goes unnoticed, right? So in the in the height of all the refinancing boom when rates were in the you know high ones for 15 year and twos and threes for everybody else they enacted a loan level pricing adjustment for all refinances and it nobody knew it because it was built into the rate and that's why we as an industry meaning the lending profession we were pushing back when this was announced in January guys this is you know unnecessary and we can argue until we're blue in the face, but nobody, it didn't make sense to anybody until it was on one sheet of paper with this pretty color scheme and the red numbers were that there we go. Perfect. So guys, if you're watching, you see that the, the, this is a heat map matrix and it shows the adjustments. Green is receiving a price reduction. Red is receiving a price increase. And it's clear that a larger down payment with a higher credit score is receiving the largest increase. 
the lower down payment and the lower credit score is receiving the biggest decrease. But you don't see these numbers as flat fees because they're built in to your interest rate. So they go unnoticed until this beautifully illustrated heat map started making it around the internet and everybody said, wait a minute, an Mm -hmm. 80% loan with a 740 credit score is paying a higher interest rate than their perception is the lower credit score, which is a misperception, but higher than yesterday, which is why everybody's up in arms because we're already as consumers experiencing the increasing interest rate environment because of all of the economic factors. And here's an arbitrary fee adjustment enacted by the government And I think it's really easy right now because we're in such a heated political environment for everything to feel like a Robin Hood move, rob from the rich, give to the poor. And this illustrates that as such. So me personally, I'm super glad this is getting all the attention because fundamentally as lenders, we're supposed to provide equal access to capital to everybody. And we're even governed in how we charge people. So we can't we can't charge a lower credit score borrower that has more challenges a higher fee structure than somebody that's easy and squeaky clean and putting a big down payment down but this matrix clearly indicates that the government is doing just that Mm. so if they enact legislation post the housing crash dodd frank which dictates how i'm sorry i'm getting excited which dictates (laughs) how we charge people then how can the government fly in a completely contradictory direction. So I didn't mean to interrupt, but I think this is why, to answer your question, it's gone largely unnoticed in the past, but this is a great visual representation of what's going on, and people really latched onto this. I know Mary had a question for you, too, and I have to tell you, Mark, you know, of all the different conversations we've heard, remember I had brought up a couple of different scenarios, like you know, with this whole, you know, the lock-in effect that we have right now, how I think it's going to make it more difficult. I think that people, as Jasmine said, yeah, they listen to the media, but that's generally all it takes for people, Jasmine, and they're not listening any further than that, right? So it's just going to piss off a lot of people. I'm sorry, WATD, that I just said that. (laughs) But Mary had a good sort of um, approach to this as well that I hadn't heard before. And one of my things, though, Mark, that you said is, you know, it isn't necessarily taking from one to give to the other, but it certainly feels like the people who are keeping their credit score in check. And and I asked Jasmine how much I worry about my credit score. Like my husband Mm -hmm. and I have a contest every month, like whose is better. It, it almost feels I like... I will not say who's winning. <laughs> yeah, it's always the lady, because we do the same thing in my house. I don't know how she's always higher, but she is. Uh, well, yeah, well I'm on a, nothing. That's my father. My father's credit... Anyways, I'm on my father's credit card. I'm getting off of that. Um, but, you know, with, with that, I just feel like... I feel like people are... You're rewarding the... Like, good behavior is generally rewarded, not bad behavior. Well, and that's a brilliant point. And and then I'll, I'm going to stop because I know there are questions, but you're right. And I think that's why this is such a spirited and passionate conversation, because it's clear that the, that the, the better credit model, right, which makes sense. Logically, there's less risk. So if you're talking about pricing adjustments based on risk, there's zero logic in a high credit score, 20 percent down payment, because, guys, the 20% the twenty down payment establishes an 80% equity ratio, mm-hmm. and that's where lenders have established a comfort level for risk. That's why anything over 
80% requires mortgage insurance because that insurance insures the lender against that difference, anything over 80. So if you tell me my whole life that I need to put down 20% because that's the comfort level, the risk tolerance of the lender, and I'm going to get great rates, and then you say in this matrix, these adjustments, that we're now going to charge them more. And that's all people here. It's more than yesterday. It's not more than the, the the person that's got the lower credit. But to get back to your point, you're right. It does feel like a subsidy because all of these fees go into the same bucket. And that bucket is used to offset the expenses of originating and servicing and buying mortgage-backed securities. So they're taking more from one group of people and charging less to another group of people, and it sure feels like a subsidy. But it's interesting because I don't think it helps the people, and I know Jasmine's got some great thoughts on this because we were talking about it earlier before we got on the air. It doesn't help the class of people as much as you would think it does at the cost of the people that it's affecting negatively, to say that politically correctly. There's better lending options available to somebody with a 619 credit score and 5% down payment. Mm. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to let you run with that because you mm. and I are totally aligned with that. Yeah. Let Mary well, sneak Mary in. Yeah, let Mary yeah. sneak yeah. in. Well, so I, I truthfully didn't know any of this until 7 o'clock this morning when everybody was <laughs> in a group text message and, you know, my world kind of blew up. And <laughs> all I, I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, all I could think of was, if we're charging the people who have the higher down payment more on a percentage basis, is it just to make more money over time? And in my my silly brain, Jasmine knows this about me, I'm not the numbers person at all. So I was saying, okay, so if fees wise, closing costs for somebody who is 3% down FHA product was $10,000, but somebody who had 20% down payment or um, and was conventional, they're $20,000. Is it just so they'll finance more and over an amortized 30-year mortgage, get more money on their... Brilliant. So great conspiracy theory. I love it. Um, hey, listen. I, I was like, this is my silly brain. Like, I know 10000 to 20000 in closing costs or fees or whatever. Is it just to finance more? Is that the right. motivation? Whether, it's a, motivation? whether it's a conspiracy factor or not, Jasmine, the truth is, <laughs> is, is, is I want to know, is the 20% down buyer, and this is where Sam's going to come in, is that 20% down buyer going to say, well, screw that. I'm going to just put 10% down and I'll put 10% in stocks. Well, let me let me break this down to a few things. So okay. Some things were said. Um, the first place I want to start was Mark who said the date, you know, the rate from yesterday versus the rate to tomorrow. This is the rate as of January or February. Once once all of us knew on, on the other side of the table knew about this, this started coming into rate sheets. So anything, this is anything delivered to Fannie and Freddie, meaning it has already closed, it's been packaged up, it's been sold. So these rates, all this this pricing has been in the works for over a month, at least over a month, six to eight weeks, it's already been into effect and no one's noticed. So that 20% buyer isn't going to become a 10% down buyer because you're still in a better position with a higher credit score and a lower down payment, borrowing less, getting one step closer to that financial freedom. And people are managing that payment. What they're looking at is that payment and they're not looking at you know, they're, they're not considering, oh, well, this is this is going to cost me 25 basis points more in my closing costs. Like they're seeing a rate. We're saying, OK, 
this is what the interest rate is. This is what the cost is for that interest rate. This is the no point interest rate. Here are your options. What do you want to do? They're not like, oh, hey, what about that low level pricing adjustment? It's already built in. They're, they're already absorbing it. They've been absorbing it for weeks now without notice because it, it ends up being at the end of the day, a decision whether you're going to pay points or not pay points and take the, the higher rate. And the spread, I want to I be very clear on this. It's not crazy in, 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 in regards to the change for, for these higher credits for um, down payments. If we open up that map again um, and we look at the 80, the 20% down payment um, with the, um, say, 720 FICO score, we're talking about 25 basis points difference. And a 25 basis points is one quarter of a point. A point is 1% of your loan amount. So we're talking about you know $250 for every $100,000 borrowed. Now, it's not going to be the biggest swing if you're buying a, a home in Massachusetts for $600,000 and you're already putting down $120,000 because at that point that extra, you know, that extra two, two, you know, thousand dollars, it's already considered as part of your closing costs or that interest rate is already built in. So people aren't seeing it. They're they're only upset because they're being told to be upset, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. And I'm not saying it's unjustified, the, the, being, the being upset, but I think it's doing a couple things. And these adjustments are across the board. First, that lower credit score adjustment. The, the, those pricing adjustments were insane. They were really, really high. So those coming down makes a lot of sense because we're not in a high foreclosure time where we're not seeing a lot of delinquencies that fund might be overfunded honestly um so that coming down on its own isn't a problem them increasing it for those higher credit score credit risk that's that robin hood uh so lower credit risk higher credit scores bigger down payments that's that robin hood effect we're talking about where you're taking from the rich to give the poor you're you're just taking from the rich and just holding on to it though that's where we get into an issue. Now, I think they're doing this to stave off refinances, personally. I think that they're trying to protect investors who already have purchased these, these loans on the secondary market, mm -hmm. and they wanna hold on to these really nice you know, interest rates. They're, they're, they're gonna get money. If, if interest rates drop, they're going to be making money if people hold on or paying higher than the market, or they've already done their investments based on this, and, and they, want their, they want their return, right? So I think that I mean, this is my bigger conspiracy, and I've told Mark this, I've said this before, and I'm okay to go on record about this. I think they're trying to protect the investors a bit and say, hey, if interest rates come down, we are going to have another runoff of refinances. You're already investing in, in you know, a, an unstable market or, you know, what might be conceived as an unstable market. We're going we're gonna to build in some protection here from you because it doesn't make sense otherwise. It really doesn't because this money isn't going. It's not like the FHA uh, prepaid you know, mortgage insurance premium mm -hmm. where that's going into the fund to protect everybody. This is just kind of sitting in markets and money in people's banks. You know, It's not really a dollar for dollar benefit. And will they'll talk around it and see what they're going to do with the money? No one's asking that question. Mm -hmm. No one's asking where this is going. But it's not like because it's a little bit more expensive for the these these one set of buyers it doesn't mean that it, the money's given to another set of buyers and we should be very clear on this low credit score does not dictate who you are as a person mm -hmm. or how you even treat money sometimes i have had people who make 
well over half a million dollars a year, really, really high, you know, in their companies, like they're, they're really great people, financially responsible, good savers who co-signed on a student loan and, and, and the person passed away and now their credit tanked. Mm-hmm. Like things happen in life and we don't leave enough grace for that. So them allotting a little bit of grace in that, in those buckets, I'm not upset with. I don't think that they've thought through that some people would look at these charts and go, hey, what are we doing here? It did seem like they wanted to make a nice little shape and they did that, but the logic of what I did is, is, is kind of missing. What's super interesting about this is, and I agree with everything you said, Jasmine, totally. And I think the, the, the interesting thing is, so we're being sold this idea that this is going to create opportunity for people who need it most, right? The lower credit score, lower down payment borrower. But there's better options out there. Even with these pricing adjustments, the FHA loan product still kicks the pants off the conventional loan product in that category. So I don't completely buy in that we've lowered a pricing threshold to bring access in. But what I do love about what this has done is it's created a conversation that everybody needed to have for a long time because these loan level pricing adjustments were put into effect at a time that mortgages were not performing and these GSEs were losing money. That hasn't been the case for a long time. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) that's Fannie and Freddie. I'm sorry. Yes. (laughs) So, and the other thing, I guess we, we didn't touch on yet. These only affect conventional mortgages. So the other mortgage products that are out there for real estate investors who use the DSCR loans, the landlords of the world, the, the typical investors that utilize products outside of the conventional realm, these don't affect them, and these don't affect the FHA uh, VA loans either, which by and large are better options for those people. So it's a little contradictory when you see the, the, the people on the news that are supporting this and saying the justification is that we're, we're lowering these pricing thresholds to create access, which any – I know a lot of the listeners are being introduced to my voice the first time – but we talk about it all the time. We all advocate for first-time buyers because there's no opportunity to build generational wealth in a family like equity. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's without argument the easiest way for people to build significant piece, uh, uh, pieces of money or pieces of wealth, rather, to pass down to the – so I want to get that out of the way. So we've always been looking for access to capital. and. Even with these price reductions, there are better options out there. So for me personally, I'm I'm frustrated by all of, all of this because it feels like we're taking money from the people most able to give it, and they're mm-hmm. not willing to give it, which is why all the backlash. But all of that being said, it still costs somebody with a 620 credit score more money on this matrix to borrow 80%, 90%, 90%, whatever the percentage is than it does somebody with a 740 or 780. The things that frustrate me it, uh, also is we had a, a, a top credit score tier of 740, and we've now pushed that all the way to 780. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're stretching the matrix upward. And then we took the bottom tiers of the old matrix and pulled them all together and put the threshold at 639, I believe it is, or lower. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yep, before those were priced in three other, other buckets. So we're very arbitrarily redefining risk and it's not based on credit worthiness or performance because we should we should have never been charging anybody as much as we have been for as long and then to turn the volume up on some 
and down on others in a market where we've got unprecedented low um, foreclosure rates historically, right? They've increased, but that's post-COVID when people couldn't foreclose. They, they have increased, but they're still historically low. We've never had this much equity wealth in this country. We've never had so many people who own their home free and clear, yet we're leaning on a percentage of the, 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 the mortgage population to pay an additional fee. And I think that's what's got everybody wrapped around the axle. I mean, they're only there, though, because they, they're being told. This is this has been built in and absorbed oh, yeah. already, and I'm I'm glad we're talking about it too, so that other people are angry with us, yeah. um, because it it isn't it's not right, it's not based on on any risk, it's it you know we are at low delinquencies right now, mm-hmm. and like Mark said, we people have equity, even people in trouble are getting out of their homes mm-hmm. and walking away with money. That is yep. a big difference mm-hmm. than where we were, you know, a decade ago. One hundred percent. I talk about that. <laughs> all the time. I mean, the money that people put in, they're not easily walking away. Mel, we talked about this recently on one of the shows, you know, before, you know, with the no doc loans and all that other stuff. People didn't have their skin in the game. So when times got tough, they just threw the keys on the, you know, on the table and left. Now we were seeing people selling their homes and they were taking $300,000 worth of equity buying their next house. So if things do go a little, you know, lose their job or whatever, it's going to be a little harder for them. I do want to give Sam a chance to talk about investors, but everything you're talking about, I wish we had two hours for the show because a couple thoughts and maybe we can talk about them on Clubhouse or somewhere else too because we only have until seven o'clock. But one is, hmm, it was interesting when you brought up FHA. It made my mind go towards, I wonder, because FHA borrowers, they we've had such a difficult time getting offers accepted if somebody was doing FHA. So maybe this is a good plan for them to maybe get into something else and make their offers look a little more appealing when they're in a multi-offer situation. The other thing, Jasmine, that you said was about refinance. And I had asked Mark this question. I wonder why or if the government is slapping themselves across the head right now saying, when we brought the rates down to 2.5% and 2% or whatever, maybe we should have done it just for purchases. And but not for refinance, because that I think 70 percent of people being in a loan in the United States under four percent right now, that lock in effect is so strong. People, there's no reason for anyone to leave. We'll let Sam talk for sure, but I want to circle back on that. Yeah. Okay. No, Mark, I call dibs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We can be be here next Tuesday as well. And I do want to let our WATD listeners know you are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable uh, here this evening. And we have a whole bunch of people here um, that, that are um, our guest. Jasmine Glasgow, as you know, from Maritime Mortgage. She is our go-to girl when it comes to mortgages. We also have Mark Itell, who is uh, Mr. Mortgage Guy, right? dot com right (laughs) mr mortgage radio radio where are you from mark anyways what we're yeah we're based out of florida Uh, my team is nationwide but i run the company from florida okay perfect that's good to know so anybody around here who's snowboarding and we can hook you up with mark for some of your uh, mortgage uh, questions there we have mary and sam and we also have melissa here now melissa's listening intently because melissa is in that pool of people looking to try to buy a house um, but Sam, why don't you, do you have some questions or some insight onto the investor part of this? I wouldn't say they're really investor specific because Jasmine and Mark both hit it on the head. There are other options out there like the DSCR loans, hard money, for example, or private money. 
Um, and then with the VA and FHA not being affected by this, that's a great first-time home buyer or for someone just starting off in investing to utilize that uh, program. I think my questions were kind of similar to what actually was just asked, which was kind of uh, speaking towards one, I guess, BlackRock, when you hear that name and you see they just landed a fund of 30 or $40 billion to buy single-family assets as rentals, is this something, is this type of change in the mortgage uh, fee structure kind of, I guess, foreshadowing what's to come and maybe as a way to prevent big commercial investors like that from competing in the space? Um, and then my other question was kind of just in regards to the refinancing versus the purchase aspect is that, and it was just kind of piggybacking on the previous question. Yeah. But, that. So just to touch on that, th this pricing matrix also affects refinances. So any newly originated mortgages are going to go under the new when, and to Jasmine's point, these prices are already established, but this is the most recent matrix. So that's in there. And to your to your um, your previous question about BlackRock, I think if anything, anything that deters, you know, mom and pop, regular people, Joe and, and Mrs. Public from wanting to buy only helps the BlackRocks of the world. So that's why I'm such an advocate of forums like this where we can educate people to let them know because people turtle in and they shut down when they read the headlines and they think, oh, my God, I'm out of the game. I just saw on the news that it's a three-quarter of a point adjustment for my credit category, and they think rates are already six or six and a half. That means I'm at seven. I can't afford that. I'm out without ever having the conversation. So if people take nothing away from this, there's a lot more data here than just a col colorful chart, and it doesn't equate to a number-for-number number increase in interest rates. So to answer that, I think if, if we do anything – as a government or as a society that slows people from wanting to buy, that only is going to pigeonhole more people into renting and allow the the, the, the big companies of the world to become the, the major real estate players and buy more single family homes. So I think that might be an unintended result of scaring people away from the market. And then I'm going to shut up and let Jasmine talk. That makes sense. Well, also with new construction, Jasmine, too, like that was one of my questions. Mary, uh, Mark, Mary and I, um, we have a 92-unit subdivision, and um, we also have another 40-unit one coming on. And I was talking to Mary about this earlier, and I thought, you know, maybe this will benefit um, the new construction developers because of something you said, Mark, um, on, the, on uh, Clubhouse on Monday when I was like, how am I ever going to explain this to a resale buyer? It, because the emotions get into it, but it's very easy to talk to a developer and say, "Why don't you offer, you know, three percent uh, buyback loan, whatever, you know, buying that's, down the rate?" That's absolutely brilliant. And there was a there was a news piece released on uh, CNBC today that um, new home sales were up last month mm -hmm. as a result, even in the face of interest rates almost clipping seven during that time period, yeah. and it, it's because the new home builder has that profit margin and they're thinking about it black and white and not emotionally exactly and they can buy a rate down hmm. and i'm going to tell you this and then I, I promise i'm going to throw the mic to someone else but i met a gentleman early in my career who built homes in california when interest rates were approaching 18 percent, and it blew my mind i grew up in a construction family my family built single family homes and communities all throughout florida and when I met this man, I said, my God, that must have been the worst time ever to be a builder in California. And he said, Mark, I was never busier. And it blew my mind. And I was young. I had no idea what he was talking about. And he said, we put a sign in the front, four by eight sign, new construction from 12% interest. 
and he sold the idea that they could buy the rate down to 12% when no one else was doing that, and they had the profit margin built in to do it. Now, that's an extreme example, but a new a, a new construction development can say, guys, we'll absorb these LLPAs. And that's all they have to say to get everybody's attention. And if everybody's competing for a 6.5% rate and the builder can build that margin in to buy it down to 5.75, there's going to be people lining up to buy those homes, especially if the, the public is pulled back and locked in as we were using this term because they've got a, an interest rate that they're, they're married to and they never want to sell that house again. That puts all the power in the builder's hands to be the, the number one source of, of, uh, of home sales in this country. Mm-hmm. But I'll say this, they don't need to go that drastic either. No, no, These no. changes are not huge. This, this, it looks scary. If you're looking at that chart I shared earlier, and um, you're in for, for, I don't know if we have a show notes thing or something I can put on the podcast, I can yep. share this. But if you look up LLPA, it'll be the first thing that, that you'll find on Google um, or whatever service you're using. And you can open up the chart. And if you look at that, you're going, oh, my goodness, I can't afford. What, what is this? What does this even mean? It's a bunch of percentages that's, that have already exist. Yes, we have new buckets. Yes, we have increased rates for some, decreased rates for others. We, we, we've got a little heat map that shows what has changed. But they're not new. And they're not all drastic changes. And one thing, we're gonna we're gonna hear this, and this is gonna be noise for a little bit of time. People are gonna be angry again in July when August they start doing the debt to income, which they started to roll that out earlier. Um, there's gonna be an adjustment for debt to income over forty percent. Right now, everyone is up in arms in the industry about it, trying to prevent that from going into effect. Um, FHFA said, oh, oh, this is causing anger. So we're going to make all these other changes, let this get through, and uh, we'll start this in August. So we're having this conversation now. We might as well put it on the books to come back in July and re-explain <laughs> this because if if the you know if, if the mortgage banker side um, association isn't successful in stopping this, there's going to be another rollout, another quote unquote tax um, for you know for home buyers, regardless of of their down payment and credit score, it's going to be there pretty much if you're borrowing more than 40% and you have a debt income over 40%. And so this is going to exist and people are going to get angry about it. But like I said, that that example I showed earlier for a $500,000 purchase, $400,000 loan amount, for some people that changes $1,000. In closing costs. In closing costs. Yeah. Not, it's not the same rate, yep. $1,000 more expensive, right? If $1,000 is the barrier to hmm. buying a home when you're already putting down 100000 yeah, when have you let 1% of anything stop you from your dreams? Well, you shouldn't be right? buying it's, the house, yeah. Right, right, right. But you're already putting down yeah. $100,000. Yeah. So an extra you know? thousand shouldn't make a difference, yeah. You just said it's, something. And I'm not. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm so, you said something super powerful. And this, this, I keep holding this up, and it looks like a hurricane going over Florida and I'm in Florida. So we got the, the red and the green and the yellow and the red is the scary part. And that's got everybody scared, but I can't tell you how many times the red band of a hurricane comes right over your house and you don't even know it happened. Mm-hmm. And that analogy just jumped in my mind because Jasmine mentioned these are already priced in right now. And you don't know that that red hurricane band is your bucket because you haven't seen it called out like this before. It doesn't make it right. It just makes it, Mm-hmm. It just makes makes it tolerable because we're not aware of it. And that, again, doesn't justify it, but suddenly 
this map has called everybody's attention to it. And I didn't mean to interrupt, but when you said that, I had to use that weather analogy. Mm -hmm. No, and it's good because people don't know what they don't know. And right now we're in another fear cycle. You know, we're hearing there's another barrier and you're, you're, you're working on your credit score. I just listened to someone earlier today who was saying, well, this is what you want to do. You want to be late on a credit card. You want to, yeah. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're they so said that on the news, Jasmine. Yeah, Yesterday, crazy. I was watching local news, Channel 4. I, don't, I, I hate to call anybody out. I think it was Channel 4. And they literally said that. The two, like, I've never seen commentary like that between two of the people on the desk. And he's, he said, well, maybe I ruined my credit score. And I'm like, oh, yeah. no, no, no. I heard Mark this morning. And he said, you don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, you're still better with a higher credit score in perfect. all situations. Yep. Mm-hmm. In all situations. And you might, if you know, if you're in a really large loan amount, you, you might be strategic and you might, you know, borrow more at closing and then recast and put the additional down after closing. We're having those conversations with people. Most people aren't taking the hassle to save money this has been happening these low-level pricing adjustments are how interest rates get from fannie mae freddie mac to your table right well and jasmine you said that and 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 if we leave anybody with two things tonight one is i want everybody who is confused about this to have a conversation with your person and if you're if you're anywhere listening tonight tonight jasmine and the boston connect team they can answer your questions have the conversation but number two, there's strategies for these things. You just mentioned a great point. At a certain threshold, it's going to make sense to maybe put a little bit less down and then recast the loan, which simply means you make a one-time larger principal-only payment that reduces you now back down to whatever your original goal was. And if it's a mortgage insurance component, then you lose the mortgage insurance because you're now back under 80%. So that's why if we can encourage anything tonight, it's to take these conversations off the air because whether it's a three-quarter of a point adjustment to the best bucket on the map or to Jasmine's point, it's $1,000 additional in closing costs or $35 or $40 additional in a mortgage payment, it's, it, it's not going to stop you from coming up with a strategy to make it happen. And don't, don't tank your credit because the low credit score mm-hmm. still pays – more fees and a higher yeah. interest rate, even under these adjustments, than a high credit score. Do you, um, are both of you available maybe next Tuesday? Do you want to continue on? Because we do sure. have one minute left. So do you think you yes. have more? Okay. Because um, David Tortolot, um, who you may know, uh, Jasmine, he does um, he reverse, reverse, reverse mortgage. Mortgages. Yes, and we have him yeah. on here as a uh, guest with us all the time. He just said, great show, Sharon. Currently, there is $12 trillion in unused equity lying in people people's primary homes just age 62 or older nationwide so i don't know what his thought is about that but i think it's fascinating (laughs) i guess david's very smart too so maybe we can ask david to join us too because maybe there is a piece that goes with reverse mortgages as well well those are those aren't impacted by this but he's a pro and anytime anyone can learn anything about reverse Mm. um i i technically on paper do them i send them to dave okay perfect (laughs) i am so sorry that we have to go mary and sam next tuesday we're gonna let you talk and melissa and mark thank you so much jasmine you guys are the best uh thank you everybody for joining us bostonconnect.com we'll be putting this on our podcast talk real estate roundtable as well melissa and i will be back here on saturday from 10 to 11 so we hope that you can join us then